Are you, in fact, Steve Buscemi? Oh my god, I wish. <laughs> I'm explain your thing about your theory about time. Okay, so this week we're going to be talking about the, let's say revisiting our topic that we presented last week, which was actually this week, recorded last week, to be presented next week when we'll be talking about that last week, which is this week. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So this week, which this was week. last week, we talked to Dom. Which, we, which you'll be listening to next week. <laughs> um, yeah. So, we, so in our discussion with Dom, we essentially talked a little bit about the experiences that Dom had with work-life balance and how being an engineer in a stressful environment can influence different aspects of your life other than just your professional composure and performance. And so we want to talk a little bit about, as an engineer, how you balance your work and your life, if that is a thing that you would like to do. Because I've come across a lot of people who don't care about work-life balance, so yeah. it's also a legit thing. That would probably make you really good at being an employee, but not necessarily great at being a person. Well, that's an interesting yeah. point to start, because a lot of Silicon Valley, for instance, they pride themselves on having employees that are really good employees and really terrible at everything else in their life because they live at the office, but that's the point. And then they burn out, and they leave, and they get new ones. At so, the same time, there's I lots of... Um, really successful businessmen like Elon Musk, who are famous for working constantly and spending all of their time on their projects, but they're also successful. So mm-hmm. yeah, engineering does tend to be a discipline that like tries to push you in the direction of workaholism. Yeah, absolutely. Just because yeah. it's so hard to leave work at work. But it's interesting because to a certain extent, it's it's almost geographical. Um, there was an interesting conversation I had with a friend of the show Safwan. At one point where he was talking about how some companies that are headquartered in San Francisco will talk in their other offices about how their culture is not the same as their San Francisco office. How a lot of times they'll differentiate between that atmosphere and that approach to work life and other parts of the country, at least in the States, where that's not the case. And Hmm. they try to work differently. You're trying to avoid the like yeah, bad like, influence of yeah. this you're, is what's not to do. Yeah. Unlike, unlike the Valley, you're not expected to work a hundred hour weeks. Yeah. No, I, I, but I mean, independent of how your company, whether your company pushes you that direction, we also like as engineers, I find it very hard to go home and not think about work. Even if I'm not doing work, like if, yeah. even if I remove myself from the office. I, I tend to think about work. I tend to be doing things that are related to work. Like a lot of the things I like to tinker with at home are extensions of things I'm doing at work, which could theoretically be considered continuing to work. Well, part of it's also that as engineers, we wouldn't have got here if we didn't find it like fun. We didn't have fun doing engineering work. We probably wouldn't be engineers because we wouldn't have made it. Yeah. And so part of that is that if you find what you do fun, then you find time to do it outside of work because Mm -hmm. it's genuinely enjoyable yeah but i mean that that's a you need to be able to separate that from the work you're doing at work like there needs to be a psychological separation there or else or else it is just work i mean we don't do a podcast engineering because we're doing it for work we do it because we like talking about engineering yeah Mm -hmm. although this podcast is one of the few things i do like on a regular schedule outside of work that isn't work that's true. Yeah. Like work does tend to eat up. It, it's, it, it's hard to, I mean, okay, this is going to be 
oversimplifying everyone has a problem, but it, like, it's really hard to, there's not enough time in the day to spend as much time as you want on work and also all the things that you want to do that aren't work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially with your commute, which is something we can talk about. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, that is, it, it's a significant problem because I spend a lot of the time, like I'm driving home from work. I just spend it like running around in my head about thinking about work instead of like relaxing. Yeah. So it's not only are you dealing with traffic, but you're also dealing with, okay, now I'm going to worry about things I didn't get done at work all the way home. That's why mm-hmm. I stopped listening to the radio because I started listening to podcasts in the car because the radio wasn't distracting enough for me not to get angry about traffic and stressed about stuff. Mm-hmm. These podcasts are distracting enough that I don't pay attention and then everything is better. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you can certainly, there, there, there's something nice. I guess the, there is a nice thing about having a long commute is that I have some time to process. So if I really need to, I can like just sit in my car and be angry all the way home. But then by the time I get home, I've had some time to like think about it. That's totally true. Yeah. I mm-hmm. get, I'm, I'm sure that your, your wife appreciates that you don't come home and sit and stew about work for an hour once you're <laughs> like, in the living room playing with your child. Yeah. No, I certainly had days where I was just like, spun my wheels all day and gotten nothing like useful done. And I need that separation between work and home in order to be able to be okay with how the day went by the time I'm home. Get home and you're really amped about like accomplishing good tummy time with your son. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did that like one, one weekend. Oh, it was, it was a couple of weeks ago and I had a whole week where I accomplished almost nothing in spite of best efforts at work. I got to the end of the week and like I had nothing in the accomplished column. So I got home on my way home. I bought a bunch of things I needed for home reno projects. And I was like, I'm going to accomplish so much this weekend so that I can like repair my sense of self-worth. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. Like, like, like that, the, the problem everyone seems to focus on with work-life balance is like letting work, like separating work and life. And I'm not necessarily sure that that's ever going to be the solution. Like some people solve it by just not having a life because then they don't need to separate it. And some people are just like preternaturally good at leaving work at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the, this, the question is for the rest of us, like, do you try and sneak hobbies in like through this, like by making them tangentially related to work so that you like, you can trick yourself into taking a lateral step from work to this is my hobby, which feels doesn't feel like work, but it's related enough to work that I can get there without having to like do too much mental gymnastics. I mean, as per usual, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I feel like what we can generally say is that Work-life balance is only out of balance if you feel like it is. Like, the balance is different for everyone. I've talked to guys before who their specific goal in life, at least at that point, was I want to make all of the money. I don't care about work-life balance. I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care what my job is. I don't care if anything else is going on in my life. I want to make all the money. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so in that scenario, your work-life balance, your balance point is very different from my balance point. Yeah. Because my balance point is I want to spend... Um, at least as much time as I can with my family and like doing fun things like the hobbies I have and stuff like that, as well as being able to maintain the work level that I need to, to be able to get my, my tasks accomplished. And so my balance point is different from a radical balance point, but it's also different from someone who wants to spend all their time at home with their family. And and that case is doing consulting or doing something else that gives them the flexibility to have more time at home or to do more of their hobbies. Let's say that someone is like a part-time triathlete. That's a different workload than 
I have because I don't have that time consuming a hobby schedule. So it, it, everyone's going to be different, but I think generally all you can say is that it's only a problem when you feel that it's out of balance mm-hmm. or that those around you feel that it's out of balance. Because a lot of times, like you said, the work that we do is distracting enough that you're not going to notice. Like you're going to, you're going to be having so much, you're going to be so enthralled with what you're doing that you're not really going to pay attention to the fact that you're ignoring everything else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think we, maybe this may not apply to everybody, but I think all three of us sitting here can probably agree that our sense of, or our concept of success in having work-life balance is being able to do the things that you wanted of life that are not work, but also be a good employee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so it's it for, if somebody's main goal in life is making money, then that can work nicely in concert with being an employee. But if you're, if like Pete, you are a man who has met, had many hobbies you have thrown axes. You now you throw discs. You you like throwing things. I do. I yeah. I'm very big about, on man? projectiles. You climb up the walls. Yeah, I used to do archery. I yeah, do a lot of stuff like that. So I mean, like like how do you, how do you make how do you Pete make that transition from being at work, being at your desk to now I'm going to leave and I'm going to play disc golf. I think probably part of it kind of gets towards what you were saying where. I'm not, I'm not overly attached to a particular schedule of what I'm going to accomplish in a particular day or a particular week. I have an idea of what I want to do and I try as best I can while I'm at work to accomplish those things. But it's not, I don't really necessarily hang my hat on this is what I will do today. And if it doesn't get done, obsessed about the fact that it didn't get done, I'm just sort of like, well, this is that my goal was to finish it. I got close. I'll finish it tomorrow. That's still not the worst thing. The only time, which is um, interesting, that I ever really stress about work is when there is a hard deadline where I absolutely must finish something yeah, and mm-hmm. it can't slip. And that's when things get stressful because that means that you need to start cutting into other aspects if things aren't getting done on, on schedule. So, I mean, the work that we do luckily is such that there aren't a lot of really hard deadlines there. And the ones that do come up are generally far enough away that we can make it work and... uh try to, like I said, take baby steps every day or every hour to get the the bigger problems we have solved in smaller increments. But the, uh, the crunch, when push comes to shove, yeah, I mean, you take a Saturday morning and come in and do what you need to do to, to meet the hard deadlines that come up, but it's not all the time and it's not, not constant. Like mm-hmm. I've talked to people recently who started new jobs and, and they sort of arrived at their job and they're like, Oh, we've got, uh, we're making all this money. We've got these big opportunities. Everything is, is going great at the company, but we don't have enough, uh, employees to get all the work that we have done. So everyone is, is working open overtime. Mm. All overtime is approved. And when overtime is approved, it's not, if you'd like some extra money, feel free to stay late. It's like, no, you're going to stay late because everyone's staying late and you don't want to be the first one to go home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't generally have that because generally our, we're not as, yeah, we don't have that big of a, at least in our department, we don't have that big of a push, but I could see it just basically being you, you do your best yeah. and, uh, take the small accomplishments as they are and try to fit in the time that you can. And again, if you, if you have to stay late and you can't go and throw axes, then so be it. Yeah. No, I, I guess there's, so there's also the, the, like the converse problem, like Abby, you're planning a wedding. Uh, I, yeah. I imagine <laughs> that is like, encroaching on your brain oh constantly 
While you guys are talking, I'm going over lists of things I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, yeah, this is, but this is the other half of work-life balance. Like you got to be, sometimes you got to be at work and you got to be able to put life aside as well. I know. Like the things that are haunting you about your day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's doing, having a lot of stuff like that, um, in my home life and trying not to let that interfere at work as best I can, obviously, um, is it, do you, do you like compartmentalize? Is there, do you have, do you have a method or do you just sort of like shove it to the back of your head? And hope I have, best? um, Google keep open on my phone. And whenever I think of anything that I need to do that isn't work related, that has to be done soon. I, I write it down there and then I try to do it like that evening. Okay. But I th- do the opposite for work. Whenever I'm at, I'm driving home or I'm lying in bed at four in the morning and I think of something for work, I put it in Google keep. Mm-hmm. So is that like, is that a, is that a coping? Like, does that help you get it out of your head? Like once yep. you get it written down, you go, yeah. okay, yeah. I can stop thinking about this. I find that yep. otherwise I obsess about it and oh, don't forget to do this. Don't forget. But as soon as I write it down, it's like, well, I'm not going to forget. Maybe that's my mistake. I, I I just sit and obsess instead of like I should start making notes. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'll do. I'll Note have an, I'll have an idea of how I think we can accomplish something. I'll open up Google Keep. I'll take like a paragraph of notes of like this is what I'm thinking about, and then close Google Keep and move on with my life. Hmm. I guess the, the another um, approach that we have I, I apply in a lot of different places. I guess is trying to I, m- people may think this is a terrible idea but trying to multitask time uh in that like we have a good environment a good atmosphere at work where being at work doesn't feel like a lack of social interaction so i don't feel like i'm starved for social interaction when i leave work mm-hmm. and vice versa i can be at home and i'll be like i'm gonna do some stuff for work but at the same time i'm like sitting on my laptop and spending time at home so it's not i'm not necessarily getting like the quality time but it's not i'm trying not to let it completely take over my time at home and sort of finding a little point in the middle where you're at work but you allow yourself some leeway in social interaction so you don't feel like you're trapped and then the same thing being at home and being like okay allowing yourself some like the ability to go and okay i'm gonna get this done for work even though i'm at home so that you don't feel like you are like losing time on something that's bearing down on you from work. My wife and I have always, uh, even since we were in school, had the same approach where we would be working on stuff at home and we'd qualify it as being TV watching work or not TV watching work. Okay. And so if it's TV watching work, it's something mundane that is almost a waste of time to do at work because it's just like a menial task that just needs to get done but doesn't involve any real thought. Mm-hmm. So I would actually put those aside and do them at home while I'm watching TV on the couch just because that way I can watch TV while I'm doing it. And it might take twice as long, but it doesn't matter. I'm not doing anything else but watching TV anyway. It's not making your social interaction of watching TV any less exactly. like, fulfilling. Yeah. But I, then if it's like focus, I don't, I would rarely do like, I need to sit and focus work at home. And if I would, it would be like on a weekend where I'd be like, I got to do work today. And I'd put aside three, four hours in the afternoon to sit at the table and actually do legitimate stuff but most of the time it would just be i'll watch tv and hang out with my wife at the same time i'll be moving files around in folders or something like that Mm -hmm. like i think that's something that has changed in the way that office environments work in a lot of companies recently is that it isn't so much of like you are working to the exclusion of everything else that you do which is really like it's completely impossible if you work on a computer to completely isolate yourself from other things that are going through your mind and things that you want to look up and things you want and trying to isolate yourself from those things. I don't know that it would necessarily make you a better worker 
And so like, if you can, if you can do that and like accomplish your job, but also not feel like you're losing out on basic, ba- your basic necessity for interaction with things or people, then that makes your day more effective because you're, you're, you don't, again, you don't leave work feeling like, okay, that was, that ate all of my focus. Now I need to go do something to regain that focus or regain that, like make up for missing social interaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I, like when I do stuff at home, it's not, it's basically sort of along the lines of what you were saying. It's as a reaction to a lack of satisfaction with what I accomplished. Cause I have, I have the same sort of thing that you have where I kind of am out of a day or a week and I'm just like, ugh. I had all this stuff I wanted to do and none of it got done. And as much as I would like to look at like the, the small victories, it's if there's something that I really wanted to get done and really didn't have the time to because of this or that, or I was in meetings or whatever, that's the sort of thing that I would sort of put aside and say, like, I'm going to try to do this over the weekend if I have time just so that I get that sense of accomplishment. Cause yeah, if you come out of a Friday and you've checked everything off your to-do list or you've uh, taken care of something that you needed to get done, it's, it's nice. You can, you can walk away and, and, and everything is sort of like tucked away and, and, mm. and, uh, get ready for the next week and whatever that's going to hold. I think generally though, my bigger issue is being able to find something that you're excited about doing every week because it's not always going to be a week where there's exciting work to do and you're going to really be looking forward to getting into the office and tackling something. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of more when your side hobbies or interest will start to creep in when you're just bored mm. you're just like you're basically procrastinating you're like okay well i need to get this done but maybe i'll research motorboats <laughs> i don't know like there's if you're if you're really focused on what you're working on because it's really interesting and you're really excited to get to it it doesn't matter what else is going on you're mm-hmm. gonna sit down and work on it you know you, you know you're in trouble when you wander over to the uh innova disc uh catalog that we got sitting yeah. on the desk at work <laughs> yeah or I'm gonna go look at golf discs instead of <laughs> yeah exactly it's it, that's the slippery slope and so it's it's finding well but there's also but there's something to be said for allowing yourself to step away from something when you're spinning your wheels also mm-hmm. and just be like okay i need to go do something that will let me reset my brain um, cause there, there's only so much that you can get from like brute force, forcing yourself to focus on a task. Yeah. Um, and so that helps me a lot with trying to be as productive as possible as I can at work by like, we go rock climbing at lunch. That gives me a chance to get out of work, get my brain somewhere completely else. Or if we play board games at lunch, it's, it's something that's completely separate from work and it allows me, gives me a chance to like reset my brain and like come back to it. Yeah. And those things are well enough structured that it's like, okay, now I can, I can step out of work because it's either like it's a board game that's taking up all of my attention or it's, I'm rock climbing and it's physically exhausting and I don't have, like, I can't think about other things. Or even the, even with multiple tasks, I learned from my previous, um, boss that, uh, it's always good to have two or three things you're working on at the same time. Just even if one is like your chief concern and it's the main thing you're doing, it's always good to have a couple of other things just to break the routine. Like change gears or change yeah. lanes yeah. in the middle of something. Yeah. So like, I can go do this for a I bit. always try to have like one main thing I'm doing and a couple of other things that I can poke away at if I want to do something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that keeps that interest. It keeps it a little bit different where you can kind of walk away and do something else and then come back and do the first thing or is it sort of takes the place of what people would probably normally do, which is like go and check Facebook or Twitter at work or 
mm-hmm. stuff like that is like that if you have something else that you're poking around with researching or putting together, then that, that takes that gap where you can do something else, but it's not a total waste of time. And mm-hmm. even then, like, I've heard statistics that uh, typically in North America, employees will work something like 20 hours a week or 22 hours a week of like focused actual work. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of it's just screwing around. Yeah. And like that's... I can see that. Yeah. And that's fine. It depends, but it depends on like the quality of the screwing around. If it's just like you're chatting with people or you're sort of poking around the internet, you're reading articles and stuff like that, that can still be useful is depending on if the articles relate to what you do or... If talking to people means that you're building relationships with your coworkers or talking about potential problems you're working on, as opposed to just actually doing them, just chatting about stuff. And yeah, you're, you're, you're not having, you're not having a chat. You're having a stand up agile meeting. Exactly. Like but that, it's, that's, <laughs> that's better than just like playing video games or something like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. You're accomplishing something, even if it's not directly related to what you're currently working on. So mm-hmm. I think probably since we have a few minutes left, we should pivot to. Based on all these experiences and thoughts, is there anything that we would basically recommend to employees or potentially to businesses in terms of how you can better create an atmosphere of an atmosphere, not atmosphere, atmosphere, atmosphere um, of work of balanced work and life? Like how you promote that within your company, how you put in place policies that help people to find that balance, or if you don't have that at your company, how you can do it yourself and make sure you don't either burn out or get fired. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can talk about things that work that have worked for us. Yeah. It's hard to say that none of this is going to necessarily apply anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. But like, That's if fair. you have a group of people who work well in a social atmosphere, then like open spaces, oh, like open work environments where you feel like you're part of in a social space, even when you're working, make a big difference in terms of how you feel when you leave work at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I find that, if you're going to have your employees work overtime, whether it's weekends or evenings, making sure that it's being done as a group is very important. If you're just on your own at your desk working overtime, that's the worst because you're just all alone and you're doing your work and you feel like everyone's abandoned you. Mm-hmm. If it's a group of like two or three people and they're all working together, it's more collaborative. And also, I feel like as soon as the clock rolls over to now it's overtime, whether it's the weekend or the evening, the scenario should change in that whenever I would work overtime – We'd always work at a communal table. We wouldn't work at our desks. Hmm. So we'd all migrate to a different place and work in a different way. We would maybe have like half the lights off. So it's a little bit nicer atmosphere. Feels like a bit of like a camp out. We'd go out, we'd go out and buy like a 12 pack of beer and like (laughs) put some music on. Like it's, it makes it more like you're at the office, but it's still overtime. It's Mm. not like. It's different from when you're just at your desk nine to five. It's not office mm-hmm. hours. Yeah. Huh. Because that changes the, that makes it more motivational to want to be there and want to do the work you need to do outside of regular work hours. If it's a different, more sort of like casual atmosphere, mm-hmm. we yeah. would even go to like bars and stuff. We've done mm-hmm. that before. Mm-hmm. We haven't done that recently. We no. should go to a bar. We haven't worked overtime recently. It's true. Actually, <laughs> I haven't done anything that's been really bad that's needed that. Um, I was going to say, I think that that social thing, um, really helps it feel like the, I'm sorry, it makes the overtime feel like it's, it's not your fault necessarily. It's more of a, our team has a deadline and it's all of us in this together. Whereas if it's just one singular person sitting alone at their desk all lonely, it's going to be like, well, I'm working overtime and it's going to feel like it's because you couldn't handle your responsibilities or something like that. I feel like it's the same if you work from home. If you have an office that you work from home at, 
if you're going to do work outside of your routine hours, I'd still recommend that you do it outside of that office. You go into the backyard or yeah. watch a movie or go to a coffee shop or do something to distinguish it as being this is different from what I normally do. This is extra curricular or in addition to that. Mm-hmm. And if it can't be like a full environment change, maybe it's just like listening to my music louder or like yeah. bringing a pizza to my desk. Like it could be something just a little different yeah that's exactly what we would do we would we'd get beer order pizza put music on out loud as opposed to over headphones mm-hmm. uh, and I, but i think all of this is is dancing around sort of a similar um goal which is that we're like in any case you're trying to maximize your both your personal satisfaction out of a, out of your day as well as the satisfaction that other people and your company get out of you as a person and so if you if you swing too far in any one direction like you focus too much on your company's satisfaction or you too much on your on other people's satisfaction then this everything goes out of whack so it's a matter of finding things like whether it's how you can improve your personal satisfaction at work so that you don't feel the need to then like take it home or your personal satisfaction outside of work so that when you're at work you don't feel the need to be like hunting for that satisfaction there yeah mm-hmm. or you make it very clear that what the what the terms of your your company are going to be when you're starting so some yeah. a place like a lot of the startups that pop up here and there like they'll make it very clear coming in that like you're going to work your ass off yeah and that's going to be what your job is and that's fine because if if you're really interested in that then you sign on and it happens and you're not surprised it's yeah. not like you're the the resentment i think from that scenario comes when it's unexpected, when it's yeah. sort of like you, it's a you, you get a job situation. and all of a sudden they're yeah. like, surprise, we got this order we weren't expecting. Now we're going to work a year of overtime. Mm-hmm. That's when it gets really stressful. And that's when it's not what you signed on for and people get really bitter and jaded or get totally burnt out and, so I guess that's, crash I, and burn. That's probably a good, so like a good wrapping up point then is we, what you need to do is you need to make it clear with yourself what the situation that you are in is. And if you can live with that, then great. But you like, you need to negotiate with yourself. This is how it's going to work. I'm at work. I'm doing this. These are the concessions I'm making to my daily life and vice versa. I'm at home. I'm doing this. These are the concessions I'm doing, making to work. And as long as you've made that deal with yourself and you're okay with it, then great. And if you're not okay with it, then you need to renegotiate. And yeah. that'll, that'll either work with the, where you're working right now, or if not, you need a new job. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. find, you find the balance that works for you. Like when I, if I leave early to go and play disc golf, then I'll come in early the next day to make up the time that, that I missed leaving early. If I work at home over the weekend to get something done on a deadline, then the next week I'll leave early on Friday because I'm finding that balance point again. I'm, I'm giving and taking from, the amount of time that I have in the day and working on the honor system with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's part of, that's a big thing that I've tried to do as a manager is have to trust people that work with me to find that balance themselves and not dictate like you have to write down the hours that you worked and you have to make sure that you're fulfilling all of your yeah. responsibilities. I'm like, I, I, if you get your stuff done, I don't really care when you're here or how much you're doing, as long as it's, you find the balance that works and that it's a balance. It's not, getting uh skewed in one way or another yeah and it, mm-hmm. but again like if you work at a different company where you have constant deadlines and you're constantly working 80 hours a week 100 hours a week then you, again you find the balance that works in that scenario and if you get money in return that's your balance yeah if you make 
As long as you've made yeah. that negotiation with yourself. You said to yourself, yeah. okay. Right. And you're happy self, with it. I'm okay with this yeah. because it's paying off in money. I will exchange time for money. Yeah. And that's fine. I've always been the kind of person where I would rather exchange like time for off time. hours. <laughs> I would rather exchange off hours for lack of money. Yeah. Hmm. That's always been like, I've, I've always been the kind of person where I'm comfortable making a reasonable amount of money in exchange for having reasonable hours. Yeah. Well, and that's a satisfaction question. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, it's, it's maximizing that equation and for making you. sure that you understand going into a role, whether or not that is the, tra- the trade off you're going to make. Like don't basically the worst case scenario is always going to be, you go into a position where you're making reasonable money for reasonable hours. And it turns out you're making reasonable money for unreasonable hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not sustainable. Yeah. And then you need to renegotiate with yourself and possibly your company. Yeah. yeah. Or possibly your spouse. <laughs> or all of the above. <laughs> but not your baby. They don't negotiate very well. No. no. Jerks. They, they they negotiate from a position of, I am immovable. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Did we, did we get to a final point? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. If you don't agree, let us know. Find a balance. Negotiate and if, and if with the us. balance changes, renegotiate. And if you can't renegotiate, then change your scenario to find a new balance. Yeah. And you are your own arbiter in all of those things. Hopefully. Hopefully. If not, then you need a better manager to be yeah. arbiter for you. Yes. Cool. We are How Do You Engineer? <laughs> yes, we a pod- are. A podcast ostensibly about engineering. Well, and uh, we are on and the life. internets in many places that are both hard and easy to find. Like, like, how do you dot engineer and Facebook slash Facebook dot com slash how do you eng? How do how do you eng? How do you eng? It's all one word. Reddit slash r slash how do you eng? And Twitter at at how do you eng? Yep. And Geek Life Radio. Yeah, but don't Google search. That's not going to work. No. <laughs> for Geek Life Radio? No, no for, for our us in general. Oh, uh, it's because uh. we don't have good enough SEO. Uh, no, it's cause we get preempted by other people's SEO. So I guess, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we have subpar SEO. <laughs> I'm okay with that. 